0: puerto rican savvy ah (laughs) it's not like morales 100 proof proof. we're all right if it's 100 proof we're both fucked we're both gonna die with smiles on our faces true true ah duff i gotta tell you that i met i met tony like last year and it was funny because we both thought that the other person hated each other (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh.
0: and uh he uh approaches me and he, he had an idea for a story about his about his surgery i'm like fuck yeah let's do that and then next thing we know we hit it off and uh he's beating my ass in the fucking gym yesterday man i've never worked out that hard before <laughs> oh, <laughs> never and i couldn't puss out this morning i I didn't i didn't puss out this morning dude we had to we had a bunch of family shit we had to take care of this morning dude i made, figured
2: it was, it was getting ready for the tapings and all that
0: yeah because I had to make sure well we we were gonna we made a shitload of tamales I promise you we're gonna make some tamales tough duff uh if if you're cool with that I'll bring you some tamales fuck
1: it what what was that'
0: he bring us some tamales we'll bring you some tamales man tamales yeah I'm Mexican man we make that shit for real
1: nice That's pretty good I like tamales
0: no that was a that was a three hour adventure this morning man the, the, <laughs> the, the, the masa the the um we did it with uh we we put the um the brisket in the uh, slow cooker uh we had to make the fresh red chili and then of course wrap everything up put it in the steamer and then clean like it was it was it was a big long process and it was worth it. Hmm. Good deal. Like, yeah. But I, I just appreciate to be on the show, man. I've only met you once. For, uh, no, I met you. No, I met you three or four. I met you every single time I go to uh, to New Era. I'm the tall guy with the the goth hair in his face and the backpack.
1: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. You're good. I remember.
0: That <laughs> yeah. yeah. remembers everybody. He's that kind of guy. I met you the first time. I was dating Annie at the time. That was one of those. It was like that that blonde chick. She was cool, and then uh, that ended fast. But that was all right. We're still cool. But she was like, Duff is the like the nicest guy. Uh, tony said the opposite, actually.
1: That's uh, quite all right. I got stories on Mister Tony there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, and I know that you do.
0: Now,
1: you, one, of the,
2: you, one of the few guys I party in Vegas with.
1: You guys party yes, in say, Vegas? Yeah, oh, yeah, it was. Uh,
0: I it, all right, it would be a one a year thing for us. Open this floodgate. Let's hear it.
1: <laughs> so, t- Tony was like one of the first guys I ever got to travel with to vegas and we went out there in 2005 for the cauliflower alley mm-hmm. and um uh, it was a really good time it was a fun time i mean out of all the people that went there for that seminar back when they could do physical seminars uh the guys at fusion pro were the only ones that could actually complete the uh the five five and five drill yeah, so we harley stood pro. out Us harley uh the all pro guys um and I want to say a few of the guys that were down in Japan, but a lot of people got blown up and they all sucked, yeah, you know? And, yeah. it, and it's like, what what really got us going is uh, it, when it came time to uh, start picking people for the show, we, we ended up learning a lot about politics. And it's not what you can do, but it's who you know. And mm-hmm. the only people that got on the show that year that was with us was our trainers, Jeff and Billy. But we ended up – uh you know, it's, it's something you you should learn while you're young, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, you know, politics, Duke. Yeah. Politicking. What,
2: what, that the, oh yeah. The, the girls all got in and the girls were in anywhere from pretty good to god awful. Yeah. Like but they, they all made the show.
1: Yep. And there's a couple I thought, you know, that, you know, <laughs> they, they shouldn't been on the show, especially guys that hurt other people. Yeah. But, you well, know, right. that's just how yeah, it was. Dude, I, yeah. I, uh,
0: the, the, I, 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 no problem with people that work stiff. I mean, like, I kind of like feel like they're like the word stiff is like used wrong. Like, uh, if you work snug, that means it looks great. I mean, uh, I was seeing Chongo throw some chops today, and but from the side, yeah, he was, you know, no contact, but it looked from the other from 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 hard cam. I mean, he's it looked like he was laying in the fucking animal sand. and uh, I mean, nice and snug. And it, it, might have had, it might have been a little, little sniff stiff, but then again, I, I, I was telling Tony the other day, I'll never fucking forgive uh, fucking Sasha Banks for what he did to my girl Paige, or uh, fucking Nia, Nia Jax, or, like, it, it's, it's, it's kind of unforgivable. I remember I was talking to one person in Colorado that I'll not mention, but I was like, hey, she, was, uh, she asked me for some advice, and I said, yeah, quit working so goddamn stiff, and she said no, and I was like, okay, cool, noted, not gonna happen. Yeah. yeah,
1: there's a difference between stiff and snug, and that's something I learned from a guy, uh, the late Bison Smith. Oh, yeah. Uh, he would uh, talk about the, there was a difference, and, you know, Bison trained in Japan, so it was just like, you know, there is a difference between stiff and snug. He likes snug, is but there, he was like 6'5". <laughs>
0: is there a difference, and Tony, I'm asking this too, is there a difference between stiff and snug in Japanese, like, hardcore, you know, uh, strong style? Um, like I've, you know,
2: I've never worked Japanese strong sales, so I can't really say it for them per se. But I would definitely say there's definitely you know, snug. There's definitely a huge discrepancy between snug and freaking stiff. D-
1: uh,
0: Duff, wow. Duff, has anyone ever shot on you before?
1: No. How would you? I'd have to say no. I mean, if if, if it was. Um... I want to say like outside of like knowing that it was going to be a shoot because we've done training like that where it'd be like a shoot style type thing, but no one's ever actually shot on me during a show. Um, I think if it became like real where people think it's supposed to go that way, I mean I obviously have a couple tricks up my sleeve to to protect myself, but I mean fortunately that's never happened.
0: Yeah. What about you, Tony? Um.
2: I've never had it degenerate into a straight out fight, but I've definitely had some close calls. Like there's, you know, my, my whole rule personally off camera, of course, is freaking. Uh, you get three snub shots. If you if I tell you to lighten up, and you, and you do it again, cool. You know, it is what it is. You do that third time, then you know all bets are off. You know I've had to and I've had to utilize that. You know, lighten up, lighten up, lighten up. I had one guy in Texas do it, and freaking get me in the gut three times with his toe and just. You know, kicking the crap out of me, the kid was just green as goose, you know, goose nothing, and freaking didn't, you know, he didn't know what he's doing. So I freaking was like, you know, this is this isn't your fault. But I had to snug him up and uh, gave him a couple quick punches to the face, threw him down. I was gonna freaking Randy Orton punch him in the head, legit, but you know, just kicked him in the ribs, pretty snug. And then I went back to the back of the locker room, was like, who the heck trained these guys? It's horrible. And freaking the guy that trained him was like a six three, like three hundred pounder. Fucking the guy did. I was like, you need to learn how to train people.
0: Duff, how do you train people? When you, is there like a protocol in training for like if someone shoots on you or starts working a little too stiff? What to do and what not to do?
1: Um, there's certain ways you can manipulate the body to. Uh... Try, you know, obviously uh, if, if someone gets stiff or, you know, you tell them to slow down or to not work so stiff. And if they start getting harder and harder, you know, stop the match. And then, you know, if this is a training situation, um, I, I, tr- <laughs> I tell people this is not mixed martial arts. This is not boxing. This is professional wrestling. You know, if people are really concerned about their win-loss record, they're in the wrong industry.
0: Coming from that sort of point, man, like uh, you've been training for a very long time. All right, we we got really hardcore, really fucking quick uh, in terms of like what we're talking about. I mean, obviously, there's some stuff you guys don't want to talk about. What the fuck happened in uh, in uh, n- not New Orleans? Goddamn, my mind is scrambled today. I've been, I'm in like in a million different places today uh, in Vegas. But you're you're, you're, yes. tra- you're training in New Era, man. That's one of the best, most like I gotta say, one of my favorite things about New Era is that. If you get a little too convoluted in all the local Colorado t- uh, feds, whether you're in CSW, uh, Rock Band Pro, or Primo's, or those awesome badasses that are doing Lucha, I mean, like, you get kind of a little stuffy sometimes, but, like, New Era is always a breath of fresh air.
1: Well, thank you. I mean, the the gym I train at is Extreme Gym 24-7, and uh, the Primo's guys train there, too. I mean, like, I, I tend to be there Thursday nights, then, like anyone, it's training there is welcome to come on my nights. Hmm.
0: No, I, I love the fact that you guys are able to do that sort of thing, man. Because um, you know, I was talking to Jesus today, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, like you know, I'm had to be glad to be back to CSW, but you know, you know, I'm working in RMP. You know, I got I can't be here next week." And you know, dude, don't explain yourself, man. Like, you know, everyone knows what's going on, and that's fine. Like, but the fact that he was putting shit over like that just made me really happy because we we cut a promo with him. And, uh, everyone was, like, you know, just talking about the matches that we were filming today, and, um, you know, everyone just, you know, commented on, like, what happened when they shot their promos behind the green screen, in front of the green screen, and, but no, Jesus was, like, just putting shit over, and I'm like, dude, fucking white feast, white fucking meat baby face, man. Fucking perfect. Like, you put, you put everything over just perfect, and, and I, I'm just gonna bring it back. Like, new era, and Tony knows I'm a big fucking new era mark, man. I just, it just makes me happy how the way you guys run your shows it's tight it's efficient uh man i i i am gonna say i've never seen any botches i've never seen any uh anyone shooting anyone anybody and the crowd is just really into it and you're not you guys aren't even serving booze man everyone's still having a good time
1: yep
2: speaking of the fans duffer let's go into the uh you know your fans the the duff doyle militia oh yeah how did that how did that start up
1: Sounds like uh so the Duff Doyle Militia, like I was trying to think of like actual fan bases, like so many people, you know, the, the names of WWE, you know, Jericho had the Jerichoholics, you know, I just like, I got to think of something different. I didn't want to like copy them, but I was like, you know, I'm going to look at the, the militia part because it kind of flowed with my character. I was like, you know, I'm going to have the Duff Doyle Militia. Nice, nice. Who was, the,
2: who was the first member of the militia?
1: I'd have to say my brother, Jared. There's actually two members, uh, Jared and my brother, Lucas, who were my biggest supporters in the the wrestling. Um, outside of my mom and dad and my, my grandma. Um, I, I have grandma <laughs> and Granny Doyle. Grandma and Granny Doyle. Yeah, they're, uh,
0: how, is, how is she doing? Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, she's doing good, doing good. I talked with her a little bit around Christmas time, and she's doing good.
0: Does she uh, oh. like thirty-eight-year-old men that have no direction and really like comic books? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gotta shoot that shot, Duff. I'm sorry, Duff. I'm sorry.
1: You're good. You're good. <laughs>
0: I'm not really sorry. I tried. Oh.
2: Yeah, that's one of the biggest things I would say, man. Since I believe Fusion wasn't it initially,
1: it was uh, Fusion. Yes, absolutely.
2: Okay, so, I mean they've been there. You know, when we went to when you were in NRW for that time, they were there. And now that you're, you know, main chain and you know, new era, they, you know, they always followed you, which is, you know, fantastic. Obviously.
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, the the, the other promotions I worked, you know, U, UWA and uh, the NCCW and. Yeah, it's uh, they've followed me all over the place, and I, I love all of them.
0: What happened to NRW?
1: Uh it's just uh, sometimes, you know, things don't work out. Uh, <laughs> you end up having a disagreement, and you end up talking about certain problems. And if the problems aren't addressed, uh, I guess I can take my ball and go elsewhere. <laughs>
0: And then, and you went to you're training now. I mean, like you've got a lot of people under your wing. Like, uh, who who are the like the, kind of the mainstays that are always at the at, at training, man? That you that's listening to. you?
1: Uh, we got a uh, Logan Austin's a pretty. He's there quite a bit. Um, we got a new guy, Zach Keys. Uh, we got Roland Doobie. He's there quite often. Uh, Mister Carlos. I, mean, I got quite a few people, Carlos. Yes, yeah, uh, you know, we get quite a few people that come on down, um, and yeah, it's uh, they're pretty dedicated. I try to teach them the the proper way on how to act. You know, as being a professional, you know, you want to act like a professional too. Um, the one one thing in the the wrestling industry that it's kind of really bad, and it's been like that as long as I've been in wrestling is. A lot of people think they're better than they are and they act the least amount of professional as one could be. And it kinda taints, you know, everything that people work hard for.
2: No, I've definitely I've definitely seen that quite a bit. You know, guys that, you know, don't help out with the ring or either should tear down their setup and guys who, you know, can't make the time for training, but can always somehow make time for shows. You know, can definitely can definitely wear on you, that's for sure.
0: Do you, uh, do you implement a uh, you do not train you do not get booked type thing going over there in New Era or is it more of a case-by-case case
1: basis? Um, I want to say for me, because like, we did a show also at Extreme Gym, um, kind of like a one-off and possibly leading to more stuff. But if you don't train, I don't think you should be booked on a show Um, Unless you're some type of name. I mean, that's just my my thing that was instilled by my trainers at Fusion. Um, It's for your safety and everyone else's safety as well. You know, you want to maintain rig maintenance by working out. I I mean, this is really, it's a dangerous thing, and a lot of people don't realize that. Like, if you're having an off day and you're going to pick somebody up and do a move on them, you could cripple them or kill them if you are not in shape. You know, and I see a lot of people, they'll have excuses why they're not working out and they have all this and all of that. I'm like, well, that's, I understand people have life problems, but like you can, there's nothing wrong with taking a step back and taking it easy for a little bit. So you could focus on your life instead of actually hurting somebody else's.
0: Do you have a, uh, did you have trouble working on that work life balance type thing when you started really getting into everything?
1: Um, uh, I mean, it's hard. I mean, it really, it, it can be hard. I mean, it's not so hard now, but, you know, that's years at the store. I got a little bit of seniority and a little bit more pull. Um, But, yeah, the first couple of years, it was rough. But, you know, I still made time to get to training. And I still made time to work out. So, right. So
0: it was rough and it was training. Like, help me out here. <laughs> yeah like uh when it comes to rough like uh like there's a lot of people that have a lot i mean i want everyone to hear this sort of thing and know that duff is like the epitome of positivity like i see when you're out there man other when you're whooping some ass but uh tell me about more about the rough part man like uh like just uh getting home to the to to wife and kids or just um making sure you well
1: i I don't have any kids and i'm not married but uh you know, it gets rough because, like, you, you kind of get mentally burned out on stuff. But, you know, like, say you got, like, your shoot job, your real job. You know, you obviously have to answer your boss because, you you know, in very few exceptions are you making enough money on the independence to actually pay your, your bills, your health insurance, your car, your gas. Um, really, it, it's hard to balance. I mean, if, it, if this was, like, the 1970s, or even the '60s, this would be our jobs, but it's not. And it's just too far spread out. But you have to like, have a goal in life, and like something I, I do tell a lot of the, the young kids I work with, you know, we had two of them. You know, one of them graduated high school last year is Billy. He's also a very dedicated trainee. Um, but I, I tell all of them, like, keep your nose clean, you know, don't get in trouble, focus on your life and focus on wrestling, and you'll be fine. You know, treat everything like a business and as it's a profession, and you can go pretty far. I mean, I made contacts with people I never would have thought I'd be making contacts with.
0: Well, where did those contacts and, take you, man?
1: Uh, it took me to be an extra WWE on nine separate occasions.
0: What was that like backstage, it would have, man?
1: Well, no, I'm sorry. Oh, it's a, uh, it's, a, it's a dream come true. The first year, I was uh, my trainer asked myself. And this other guy, Paul Diamond, if we would like to be extras for WWE, and it was 2008, and it was done a little bit differently back then. But you had like a mini tryout uh, before the shows, mm-hmm. and we got evaluated by Jamie Noble, and you know that it was kind of it's it was kind of nerve rattling that you got to do as before SmackDown was being taped, but we had. Um, we had to do. We did two tryout matches, and the reason why we did two is because they were impressed with our first one. Because um, I'm guessing they've seen a lot of crap from a lot of indie feds, and it was really good to have Fit Finley and Jamie Noble like what they saw, and they wanted to see it again.
0: I mean, like getting in the ring like that, man. Like uh, WWE. Well, was it was it still the Fed or was it still the, was it the?
1: it was the E, but yeah, it was, you're in front of the it was at the time as the smackdown roster which is you know these are people you watch on television and a lot of them are heroes to me and i was like that's so crazy like i'm in the ring and they're watching me
0: how many people are standing in the ring
1: ah uh, i want to say it was a good bulk i want to say like 30 of them
0: jesus man like tony how do you handle that sort of fucking nervous wrecking shit and you just kind of, you just kind of do it, that, really.
2: I mean, that's really all you can you sit down, you stick to what you know. You don't want to, you know, you want to show off, but at the same time, you don't want to do anything, you know, too over the top. You know, that's not really what they're looking for. They're looking for, you know, footwork and your basics, basically.
0: Is there anything that they're not looking for? I'm talking like, I'm talking because I was talking to some trainees today and uh, talking about, uh, you know, just showing up in a new Fed and you know, you want to show off, but then at the same time though, like, are you overselling? or you not selling enough? Um, what, what, what's, what is it that like would have, or would not have gotten you booked?
1: Um, as far as like, a uh, showing up to a new fed or yeah. like, uh, the bigger, bigger organization, or just in
0: general, man, because I know you're, you want to show off, but then also you got to make sure you shine up your opponent that sort of thing. I'm, I'm looking to see more of like, what, what was going through your head and how you made sure that you,
1: you know you shined um well i i I stuck with the the stuff that i knew and i have a a lot to thank you know i was the worst wrestler out of the four there but for us to all do really well you know we it was a team effort to make us all look really good because you're you don't want to go there just for you you're also there for your opponent and that's something a lot of people it's not just you there's other people there too um, and it's you know as long as you make someone else look really good, I mean that actually shines too. I mean something happened with my trainer uh, Jeff McAllister, where he got applauded for correcting a mistake that one of the names was doing, is and uh, it was a good compliment. Holy shit! Man. I mean, those, so those things happen. Correcting one of
0: the names, like like at at the e.
1: Uh, yeah, and it, it's like it was kind of a it, – it wasn't even a big mistake, but you have to understand the names are there all the time traveling, so I'm sure they can get jet lag. But it was just a little thing, and uh, my trainer got applauded for something he did just to make the name look better. So, I mean, it was a good compliment.
0: I can never imagine getting that sort of compliment, man. <laughs> I mean, the, the balls. Jesus. Yeah. So, Duff, how
2: long, how long exactly have you been wrestling at this point?
1: 17 years.
2: 17, wow. Man, that's that's crazy going back to that. And, you know, fun fact, you didn't even start out as Duff Doyle, did you?
1: I did not. I started out as the vigilante. Awesome.
2: That was what, uh, high-velocity wrestling, I believe?
1: High-velocity wrestling Uh, made my debut at the Whiskey Bills. Oh, wow. Out in the, in the, <laughs> the back end of their uh, bar area there.
2: Yeah, when they had the uh, they had the beach volleyball court, wasn't it? Beach
1: volleyball, volleyball. court, yes.
2: That brings back the memories too. But that, that was, you know, Tommy and Deuce's bed.
1: Yeah, it sure was. Yeah, high velocity wrestling.
0: What got you in the business in the first place, man? I mean, like, obviously, you know, everyone gets that that itch, and you, you just well, like, decide to get a, go for it.
1: So it's like. You're sitting there in high school and like all your friends are either going to college getting a job or joining the service and it's like i didn't want to go to college because i just got done spending you know four years in high school you're like i really don't want to go to go to more schooling stuff um and i was like you know I, I don't know what i really want to do and i you know as a kid i was a huge fan of wwf you know hulkamaniac then my parents ended up getting rid of cable and then, like, I heard SmackDown was coming to UPN, and, like, someone told me I should watch it. And I tuned in the TV, and there Mankind was cutting a promo in the ring, and I was like, that's something I want to do. I want to do that. So, like, I started researching wrestling schools around the area. And after I graduated, Channel 9 did a news broadcast on a local Fed, and uh, my mom <laughs> reached out to uh, a trainer, which would be my, my trainer, Jeff McAllister. Um, send him an email saying, Oh, my son's a big wrestling fan. He wants to come down for a tryout. And then bam, that happened. Went down for my tryout. Um, I was hooked and ended up going back. How did you, I mean, it really, it,
0: how did you prepare for your tryout? Like, I mean, like, like you haven't gone to the school yet. Like, what were you doing?
1: No, I mean, I was just like, uh, it's actually not good advice now, but just listen to me kids. If you're listening uh, when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do for this tryout, I mean, obviously I stepped up my cardio game. I mean, I used to be really fat. Um, How I was fat? out of shape. Uh, I was close to 300 pounds. I mean, I had more rolls in a bakery. I mean, I was big. Um, but, um, you know, I started taking diet serious to so start lifting. So I, I I want to say that summer of uh, 2003, I went down for my tryout. Uh, Well, I I trained, trying to lose weight, and I went down there for my tryout uh, on November 16th, 2003. And then, um, yeah, I was hooked, and that's what I wanted to do. I want to go back. My trainer gave me a a little talk and, like, you know, like if you want to take this serious, I can get you looked at but you have to treat it serious he's like don't come in just because you learned a cool move and you never come to training ever again because like they were training out of a warehouse with other promotions too and some some guys took it more serious than others he's like if you want to take this serious come on my nights tuesdays and thursdays and so i did
2: i am going to rewind a little I bit here, that. i remember there used to be the a squad and the b squad actually that was, was how it was looked at I remember being I was part of the B Squad with uh, Tommy and Corpse, and then I gradually I think Stone D actually talked me into coming and checking out one of Jeff's classes, and I just kind of stuck with it from there.
0: Was that here in Colorado, Duff?
1: Yeah, sure was. Actually, pretty close to the Lakeside Amusement Park. You're from here? I am.
0: Like I, uh, I wonder why here, man. You, like uh, I'm sorry, but like you know, if you if you want to stop me, stop me. But I want to talk about being the fat kid, man. Cause that's a big deal. <laughs> that's that's a big deal. The fact that you even just even uh, mentioned that to us because you don't know me from from Adam, but you definitely know Tony, and um, it helped me out here, man. Because there's a lot of kids out there that you know don't understand that they can they can be better, or that there's nothing really wrong. If you want to be the fat kid, be the fat kid. That's one thing. But like you know, the the transition to really go for it like that, that's a big fucking deal, Duff, like, you, to actually decide to take control, and do something for yourself, as opposed to, it really sounds like you did it for yourself, and forgive me if I'm making an assumption here, um, that you did it for yourself, and not doing it just so you wouldn't be the fat kid anymore, or, or, I mean, like, were you getting picked on a lot, and then you, you were, you're the wrestling kid, and then you... you you decided to wrestle and lose some weight or what, what triggered the the time to fucking get it together?
1: Well, it's like, you know, no, (laughs) I had a little low self-esteem in high school, but I really didn't. I mean, I had a lot of really great friends, but you know, like, you're like close to 300 pounds. You're like, man, something's got to change. But yeah, I started losing weight and like things started changing, but um You know, like, some there was an old-timer that told us, because it was my very first seminar, was Les Thatcher and Harley Race. And uh, Les Thatcher, like, kind of drilled it in. I was still kind of big, but I wasn't, you know, huge anymore. But he said, you know, you have to change for the industry because the industry is not going to change for you. So he's like, you got to put on muscle and start, you know, uh, getting in better shape. A year later, he complimented that I lost weight and I looked a lot better. How much did you lose So, uh when I was losing because when I got way down there, I was like two hundred nine pounds, so I mean that's you know ninety pounds lighter
0: how are you now really impressive shoe. Exactly. So I'm, a, I'm at
1: two I'm at two thirty now, but that's you know obviously more muscular than anything else.
0: how did it make you feel man like were you really good? oh it feels great, man. <laughs> I mean, though, of course it made you feel great, but I mean, like, in terms of, like, the, the mentality, I mean, um, you really did it for yourself, and you, you, you're working out, you're, you're kicking ass, you're, you're getting seen, what did it do for your mentality? Like, what was the difference of being the fat kid versus the, now I'm, now I'm looking cut, I'm looking good, and people are paying attention to me?
1: Well, I mean, uh, there was a couple of girls in high school that never talked to me. All of a sudden, started talking to me. So I was like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute." But I I let them talk to me. That's fine. But um, no, it's it really did change my life. And I remember I talked with my one of my other trainers, um, and I thanked them. You know, people always hear about how the wrestling industry ruined their lives. You know, I'd have to say the wrestling industry might have saved mine. Because like I got in shape for it, and I it definitely made a healthier lifestyle for me.
0: It's it's different when you're you're losing weight because you want people to like you, but it's different when you're losing weight because you've got a dream.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: What's going through? I mean, I remember like uh, when I, when well, t- first off, Tony kicked my ass yesterday because um, I'm getting kind of chubby, and he he was real nice. He said we got to make some changes. All right, we're cool. I understand. And, you know, I, I, you know, I, I couldn't puss out, like, I, I did everything he did, but he, he was easy on me. But, like, what was going through my head when I was working out with him was not what was usually going out through my mind when I was working out, uh, years beforehand, where it was, like, I gotta make sure my ex-girlfriend sees me and I look good. I gotta make sure that all these people are sorry. Like, like, it was a complete mental, like, flip. Like, when he said we were done, I'm like, we're done? Like. I was ready to do more. Like, all right, <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 but what's going through your head when you're going through it for yourself?
1: Well, it's it's more rewarding. I mean, some people try to like change to make people like you, but I mean, if they don't like you for who you are, I mean, they're really not people you want to be around with anyway. Oh,
0: of course not, man. But I'm, I'm talking about like like how did you focus? Like when when you got laser focused to to get the job done? Like, what, what, like, how did you portion your meals? How did you uh, schedule your sleep? How did you make sure you
1: weren't drinking too much? Um, all of that. Well, I, I cut out like, obviously like snacks. I really cut down. I stopped drinking pop. That was a huge thing, man. I lost 20 pounds in a month because of that. Uh, I mean, when you start researching diets, you know, it's like, yeah, uh, you really got to watch what you're putting into your body. Do you ever- yeah, try and go as natural as you can. You know, drink more water. Yeah, sleep is definitely important. A lot of people don't know that, but it, do you, you need to get sleep?
0: In the rehab sense, or just to just
1: to relax? Uh just to relax. I mean, you can overtrain too, but you want to make sure you have enough time to to you know recharge your batteries, if you will.
0: Well, how are you recharging your batteries, man? Obviously, you're going to bed. Like you're reading more. You're, you you got to have you got to fill in a uh, one addiction for another. Like, what did you fill in? Other than just working out, were like, you reading more, uh, getting out more?
1: Well, I know I I, I do read quite a bit. Man, no, it's like a, I ended up spending a lot of time at the gym, man. It's just like a lot.
0: Who are your buddies at the gym, man? Like I remember when I first joined Golds here, it really made me happy when like, hey, man, you've been here four times this week. Kick ass so good to see you again i'm like man i don't know who the fuck you are but thank you but like i'm i'm going to i'm going to go harder cuz of that because like it, that that sort of motiv- motivation made me happy but at the same time though it was like trying to fill in one shitty addiction for something even better and i' I just want to get to like the root of it because you're 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 glancing over it like, oh yeah, no problem, I was fat and now I'm skinny now
1: <laughs> well that's that's kind of my 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 approach was like you just gotta like cut out the sweets you obviously your body's gonna want to start craving that stuff, but like I never had like i i guess withdrawals from it I don't know like everyone's different you know that's i I guess that's why I'm kind of glancing over like i just wanted to, to change and to fit the mold that you know you, you have to look like a wrestler in this industry and like what you know a lot of people assume that you got to look like a bodybuilder that's not necessarily true either because there's a lot of agile big men so i mean you have to look different you know you have to kind of find your niche i guess
0: you've got a kick-ass niche man you're rocking the orange jesus
1: I dig the orange. The, the orange is because uh, I'm a big fan of Halloween, and uh, yeah, <laughs> pumpkins are orange. And I, I got that. <laughs>
0: well, you trade with the hunting stuff. Shoot, <laughs> don't shoot me. I'm a human. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so speaking speaking of Halloween, Duff, I hear you're you know a pretty big movie buff actually as far as the uh, the horror genre.
0: Thank you. You read my mind. Yes.
2: Any anything particular? Like, what what kind of horror are you into?
1: Uh I like the '80s slashers. I mean, that's something I like. A uh, monster movies, you know, that's just my my cup of tea, if you will.
2: Oh, nice, J-
0: Jason or Freddy?
1: I would have to side with Freddy Krueger.
0: Oh, okay, dude, I couldn't do any of those guys, man. I couldn't do like those guys were so bush league to me. Like my mom uh, is like my mom would if there was boobies in it. Uh, I. would She'd make me turn my head, but getting someone, evis- watching someone getting eviscerated it was totally fine, um, but Freddie and Jason were not my cup of tea, like, what really turned me on was Chucky, and Chucky wasn't scary to me, like, it, I, it started out with the voodoo, we, we got Charles Lee Ray, you know, the whole fucking three-name fucking serial killer shit, and he puts himself, like, we get some voodoo, and, like, when she's about to throw him in the fire, like, you know, Come alive! I'm gonna throw you in the fuck, you fucking bitch! <laughs> and then, like, that's when I was like, okay, this is amazing. And you're talking slashers with monsters, but Tony, I appreciate you throwing in the the Freddie and the and the and the Jason thing. But like, let's hear your yeah. your '80s monsters.
1: Yeah, I I like the Blob. I like the Fly. Um, I like the Thing. Uh, Godzilla 1985 is also another one I'm a huge Godzilla fan too
0: You got a big collection, don't you?
1: I I do uh, Quite extensional
0: How big? Let's hear it now
1: Let's just say you could fill a room
2: (laughs) (laughs) Are we talking like action figures? Are we talking posters? Are we talking a little bit of everything? Uh,
1: I got figures, posters, comics VHSs, DVDs um just a wide variety
0: what's your prize gozira
1: collection actually i have uh an old i'm not sure who made it but it's a figure i got we were at the the reptile garden zoo up in south dakota for vacation and in their little gift shop they had a godzilla figure and i wanted that so my my mom and dad ended up buying that for me it's my favorite one out of all of them no. Probably because it started my uh, collection there.
0: No, that that makes perfect sense. I remember the first time my dad bought me a Spawn comic, man. Just just balls to the wall horror. then uh, you you really like sounded off on the the, the 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 thes. And all right, so blob, did you did you like the the John Carpenter thing? I did. Way different from the original one. Uh, adding well, the yeah, the, and
1: the original was based off of a book too I believe it's uh, Who Goes There which was a novel I think it was written in the 40s
0: tell us more about your horror collection man because it's really kind of refreshing to talk to someone about that sort of thing because I remember when Bray Wyatt uh, premiered his new mask I was popping because uh, Tom Savini made that mask and I I, I wish the whole goddamn world knew that, that, that that's, that's, uh... Tony you ever seen uh, From Dust Dawn? I have yes. Sex machine, the guy with the 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 dick the dick revolver. Oh okay yeah. That's Tom Savini. That guy directed the. Uh, uh, Duff, help me out. What's the one that they not? It's not Night of the Living Dead, or it's Return to the Living Dead, right? The the one well, I
1: thought he uh, he might have the return, but I thought he did something with the 1990 remake. But he was also. Uh... He did the special effects on Friday the thirteenth. Yes he did. Um, he was also in Creep Show as a I believe as the creep. Um, he did a lot of the special effects for Creep Show.
0: Have you uh, invested in the Shutter app at all?
1: No. No. Oh. <laughs> There's a lot of good things on there though. But yeah, I believe Creepshow is on there as well.
0: It's 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 not just that, man. And and Tony, I'm going to go off on a fucking tangent here. You just get, you got to wrangle me here, man. Like one of the yeah, best yeah. parts, man. I got to tell you like Tony's been one of the best things that ever happened in my life. He, he'll wrangle my ass, calm me, calm me the fuck down. And so I, I need you to just calm me down if I get too far in this, but like you got to get shutter because uh I got it when it first came out, and I'm like, okay, there's like five movies in here, and I canceled that shit. And then uh, word on the street got out that they were putting Joe Bob Briggs back on there. Did you ever watch that? No. Joe Bob did the uh, mon- the monster uh, the monster uh, trailer drive show uh, on like when they replaced USA Up All Night, and he was just sitting on the side of his trailer and on a like a fold chair drinking beer, and he was like the redneck Elvira. And, oh, okay. yeah, Redneck Elvira, and they brought him back, and it's him on his, uh, last drive-in show, where there, he's got his trailer parked outside of a an abandoned drive-in, he, his, his assistant is a zombie actual porn star, and they, like, the, like, no holds barred, Ben, like, you know, when the, you, you, you can't, you can't talk horror without saying fuck, <laughs> like, or shit, like, you, you gotta curse, you can't, like, like, the same thing, like, where it's hard to do a wrestling show, that's uh, uh family friendly because you know it's 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 full on violence. But he's he's pulling in like uh, he did Hellraiser two. He didn't do one. He did two with Dr. Chenard. Uh, but he brought in Doug Bradley and Ashley Lawrence to talk about the making of, and it was so it's like engrossing because these guys had so much to talk about. This sort of thing you gotta spend at least the six, the the free for the month just to. Okay. And they they did Maniac. And when he did Maniac, he's like, okay, first, before this movie starts, i got to let you know that this movie is exactly the movie Joker that came out last year, or two years ago, is a complete rip-off of this, except with the Joker. And this is why. And fucking blew my mind, man. Just just good-ass horror. Alright, so, Tony, I'm shutting up. I hear you. (laughs) You're good, dude. (laughs) You're good. Uh, so, so you've got the the, the, the thes, and uh, give us some more of your obscure fucking, like, for, if you're a wrestling fan, you like horror movies, and give us some more of your favorites.
1: Uh, one of my favorites. Actually, I really dig the movie Critters. Oh, I love, those. Um, <laughs> the, one I love Critters. One and two, yeah, they, they were uh, excellent. Um, let's see. I really like The Lost Boys and Night of the Creeps. I mean, there's a lot. I, I really dig the '80s horror movies. It's kind of the whole '80s vibe with the horror. Uh, the Monster Squad, I think, is superior to the Goonies. Oh my um, god! Squad, oh, let's hear it. Up. <laughs> let's hear it. But no, it's. I mean, I, I love the Goonies, but the, the Monster Squad, I totally think, is a better movie than uh, the Goonies.
0: No, I'm not disagreeing um, with you, but tell me why.
1: Uh, it's to me. There's more monsters. Um, I thought the the monster designs done by Stan Winston were phenomenal. Uh, I mean, I, it was relatable for me as a kid because, you know, I, we were all riding bicycles, you know, and the, I think there's a big influx with the the TV show Stranger Things. Why so many 80s kids, like, grew up that, that way was, you know, you wanted to have adventures with your buddies.
0: That's a good point, man. Like, uh, I grew up on base all the time, so I was wondering if it was just, the like, kind of a thing just because we grew up on base, but, like, yeah, like second my dad got me my bike man i was it was pure freedom he he got me a lawnmower but my lawnmower allowed me to ride my ass to the fucking bx and buy some fucking comics and some cards.
1: yeah it, it was all
0: adventures man like i just grew up on the bikes man i appreciate that like did you like stranger things
1: oh it's my favorite show on tv which which season was the best one to you uh so my personal favorite was actually season three um, because I, I love the the nods to the blob and the thing.
0: Did you like Eleven, or did she just piss you off?
1: No, I, I liked Eleven. She's kind of a, a mishmash between a uh, firestarter and a uh, carry. Tony,
0: mm-hmm. do you see some stranger things.
2: I haven't actually. I need to get into it. I keep meaning to, and just never, never kind of find the time.
0: It's the uh... We're all we're all about the same age, so like the haircuts, the clothes. Like, I had the bowl cut, man. I was all ashamed every time oh, I see the kid. Oh, I
2: did. Dude, I did too. It was ridiculous.
0: Every time I saw that kid with the bowl cut, I was like, can't look at you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so we're going Stranger Things. Give us some more horror, man. Come on, we know we know it's on. <sighs> we know it's on your brain, bubbling all the time. Let's hear it.
1: Uh, let's see. I mean, I really dug all the the Nightmare on Elm Streets. All the. Friday the thirteenth, so all the Halloweens. Uh Christine is one of the favorite my favorite movies of all time. Uh I really dug Robocop, even though it's not technically a horror, there was a lot of gore in that movie. Um Predator, I thought, was a really good movie.
0: Now you're going to some now you're setting me on fire, Duff. Yep. <laughs> Like uh, we're talking RoboCop. That was Paul Verhoeven. Like uh, that's that's uh, RoboCop, uh, Total Recall. I mean, those get like that. That fucking uh, he's from I think Austria. No, he's he's from Holland. I think he's from Holland. Like the 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 gritty like they, they the way they shot. Like I mean, Detroit is basically RoboCop right now.
1: Yep, yeah. <laughs> it sure cool. is. That's for sure. Like
0: I saw this awesome uh, meme where someone made a uh, you those reaction toys, where it was the uh, the action figure of, hey, remember RoboCop when RoboCop shot that guy in the dick, and then just got the the big card and like, this guy bleeding from his dick, and then the, the RoboCop like, they show the little figure and under it like the guy that got shot in the dick by RoboCop. <laughs> like I want that figure. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have that figure. If that's a real thing, it's gotta happen. Or uh, they did a uh, got the. Have you seen those reaction toys? Those are like those. Those kind of like they 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 made poorly, but they're for the aesthetic.
1: Yeah, I, I have seen a few of them. I want to say Comic Con. Like there, there's a couple guys that will have figures like that there.
0: What do you got? Tell us more about your gems in your collection, man. You got some uh, kick-ass Godzilla stuff. What do you else you got there?
1: yeah actually so i got into welding and i started creating a few things uh welding really? um yeah it's uh, i kind of got inspired from uh the brave little toaster how <laughs> <at, laughs> to to create things that were kind of out of junk um and it, it i don't know i got inspired when i was in shop class back in high school i was like i'm gonna start make i want to make a dinosaur there's a up in Glenwood Springs, somebody had made a dinosaur out of used car parts, and that kind of etched in my mind. And when I was able to learn how to weld, I was like, "I'm going to make my own dinosaur." And I still have my dinosaur out in my front yard. Um, I, I got That's Christmas lights on it right now. Yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you just made a new best friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've seen some of your stuff, Deb. You make like stuff out of like, horseshoes and whatnot, kind of weld it all together.
1: Yeah, horseshoes. uh make flowers, flamingos, pumpkins, ghosts, snowmen. That uh, I've made crosses. Uh, make quite a few things out of horseshoes. I made spiders. Um, no, nah, just I, I get creative sometimes. Nice butterflies.
2: Yeah, you, sell, do you sell these? Do you sell these or uh, the? I I do. Yourself?
1: I do. I, I do sell them at our uh, live shows. Hopefully, uh, we start getting some live shows with some fans there again. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, definitely uh COVID has uh put a damper on that for a lot of not not just Colorado but all around the world. Mm-hmm. And um I'm hoping uh this whole thing is over soon, but I, I am worried uh, with the history of pandemics, they typically last two to three years. Yeah. So I'm hoping uh I'm hoping things are better soon. But yeah, yeah, if history teaches us anything, it's uh it's gonna be a long ride yet.
2: Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. To,
1: um, you know. I'm a, I'm
2: uh, another thing I always found interesting, Duff, uh, about you, uh, I heard you went to Area 51 one time.
1: Yeah, You know, that was a, a big gag, and um, I was planning on actually going there to sell bottled water um at ten dollars a I, pump, I, 50,
2: pop you you trying, bastard. you trying to tell me area 51's a hoax
1: uh, <laughs> well the, my, my photos were definitely uh, done with conventional effects and people thought i was there uh, even though area 51 isn't even its real name it's the the groom lake air force base but yes, you know that those photos fooled a lot of people uh, but the only reason why i didn't go to that raid was that i got an email from wwe to do extra work so i was like well WWE or get shot by federal agents. Um, that, that, <laughs> I'll go with WWE. That wasn't you doing the Naruto
0: run. I swear to God, that was you. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was somebody else who sporting an orange hat. That's Duff.
1: Yeah, Might have been. God damn it, Duff! Glad you, <laughs> did they just release you? <laughs> that may be. Maybe.
2: Well, I'm glad. Another thing I wanted to bring up, Duff, is Regan, what about your uh, your run for presidency this year?
1: I, I did run for president, yes. How did that go? Um, I, it was my best-selling T-shirt ever. Really? <laughs> it, hands down, it was my best-selling t- T-shirt I've ever had. I sold out three times. Um, but no, I, I do Got think on. I'm actually going to run for president in 2024. I, I missed the, the cutoff to actually get on Colorado's ballot. Um, I missed the signature cutoff, so I had to do the write-in gimmick. And I, I do have evidence of people writing me in, so I was like, "Sweet,
0: dude, we got to get back on that ballot, man." Like wrestling yeah, fans, exactly. wrestling fans are in a frenzy. Like you know, like you'll get a bunch of like cross-eyed, you know, ICP fans voting for you, man. Like, they they still count.
1: That vo- votes a vote, man. Like I just need uh, five thousand signatures, apparently, to get on the ballot for the state of Colorado.
0: Man, I, 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 I keep, can make that happen. We can make that happen. I, th- I think we should. We should totally make that happen. I would Duff for president at all times. Duff
1: twenty twenty four.
0: No, it, no, like at like yeah. 2021, 2022.
1: That <laughs> Well, the, just to, to start the campaign, I think I would have to start here pretty quick. But I, I think I could uh, get enough signatures to get on the ballot. You
0: got robbed.
1: Bastards. Well, the, from what I could tell, both Trump and Biden were afraid of Duff Doyle because they didn't want to to answer my, my questions. <laughs> uh,
0: who would? Who would? I'm not going to answer Duff's questions unless I'm like forced to. Like uh, you, you got that yeah, crazy eye, like man. Duff, just tell me what to say, man. I don't want to get my ass kicked. I mean, Tony and I are cool, but I don't think he'll be able to protect me for you. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I I
2: don't think I've ever actually beaten Duff Doyle in a match. Now that I think about it, all the times we wrestled, I'm pretty
0: sure Duff won all of them.
1: Mm, I'm trying to think. I think there was a match at the Red Lion Hotel. It might have been a tag match.
0: Was that in, an, uh, in a ring or in a hotel
2: I probably ring. pulled the tights. I probably pulled the tights. Let's face facts.
1: Oh, Tony,
0: probably. You're, Tony, you're a tight puller?
2: You bastard. I'm, not, I'm,
0: not, I'm above nothing.
2: <laughs> I'm above nothing.
0: You're an ice scratcher.
2: <laughs> I've I definitely gouged an eye or two in my day I, I both invented and retired the top rope eye gouge, eye gouge in one night <laughs> it didn't work out way, well nearly as well as I thought it did my finger ended up being sticky who's, it was an awkward night who's the
0: poor bastard in Amarillo that can't see
2: out of one eye that's oh, working at a water Burger right now it was actually it was either HBW or a Fusion Show I think it was HBW because I believe it was a battle royal I did it to one Joshua Donald Todd wrestling fans will remember as JDT. He
1: JDT, sounds, Mr. Hollywood.
2: Mr. Hollywood himself. He sounds like an asshole. Fuck that guy. Oh, he was. You met the guy. He, he was so bad. I, he made me into a good guy. You a good guy? It's been known to happen on rare occasions.
0: I've never seen that shit.
2: Oh, no, no. Most people haven't, or at least they don't remember. They never last for long. It's been, I got a good six month run as a baby, and, and then I'm mean, back being a guy.
0: Well, Duff has always, Dub has always been baby. I love that fact about it. You've got everyone fucking popping like crazy for you at the New Era shows, man.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, like Cotton Eye Joe. The Cotton Eye Joe does it.
0: I <laughs> it I, the only reason I know that song is because of Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> they played that song, and I was like, okay, I guess I like it. They like it. It's cool. I get to like it because Duff Doyle, man.
2: Nah, I'd love that. People, people be dancing in the aisles to some Cotton Eye Joe. I'm surprised hey. they I'll dance in <laughs> the I aisles have, with people. I think I might have played it at my wedding, actually, now that I think about it.
1: Cotton Eye Joe at
0: Tony Morales' How did you feel about that, Duff? Did you feel violated?
1: Duff was no, I, I feel honored. I feel honored.
0: Duff was there. <laughs> When'd you get married, I man?
2: Mean, we and Duff go back a long ways. I've been for two years now.
1: Yeah, Tony Morales was my uh, first friend in professional wrestling.
0: Bet you didn't think that was coming. <laughs> Tony, we love you. You're a great guy. But you've got I don't those... know, but everybody else, but everybody else thinks I'm a dick. You've got That's those hilarious. fuck you and your mother eyes, man. Aww. <laughs> oh. You literally see you blinking, in your eyes just like piercing into that. Duff. Talking about Tony, but, like, you're working baby all the time, man. Like, that's a fucking tough gig, man. Everyone likes to do one heel here because it's easy, but running face is hard. Like, give me some – what are some challenges on that, man? Because you got to keep people liking you and making sure that everyone loves you.
1: Well, it's – I want to say it's not actually that hard, at least for me. Um, now, obviously, like not everyone's gonna like Duff Doyle. I mean, there used to be a, a, a sect of fans called the anti-Duffs. However, they ended up cheering me at one show, and if you can convert people that want to actually boo you, you're you're doing something good. Uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, I mean, it, it can't get hard. You know, obviously, some people like to to cheer the the heels over the faces, and uh, but that doesn't bother me so much. It's just like I'm going out there. I mean, they're still enjoying the show and that's the uh, the important part
2: yeah i mean that's one thing i want to point out duff you're definitely bar none like of all the people i've ever met like inside outside the business you're definitely one of the more positive
1: people i've ever known in my life which I well I do, is, try, I do try sir i do try it's
0: a hard thing to do man like being positive all the time man like it's uh it's it exhausting especially because everyone's usually in a bad mood in the past year
1: well, I mean, you can still, like, I don't know. I, I I do hang out with a lot of positive people. So, I mean, you know, obviously there's always going to be someone having a bad day, and you, you really don't know what is actually going on in their life. But, you know, if you could try and, you know, get them to smile or crack, you know, chuckle a little bit, then you did something good.
0: Tony and I just don't care what's going on. Fuck you, fuck you.
2: <laughs> nah, nah. I, I care. I just don't show. I'm a, I'm a big old softie on the inside.
0: Hey, I'm trying to pretend I'm a tough guy here, man. You're fucking it up. That's what I do. It's one kind of my things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is- what Duff, do you ever get
2: around to building that monolith you were working? you been talking about?
1: It's that's a work in progress. I gotta oh. build a monolith <laughs> since that's the new rage. You know, you gotta contact them aliens.
0: That's true. So, what, what are
2: what are your thoughts on aliens, Duffer? Yeah, let's do this. Well.
1: My thoughts on aliens. I, I I don't actually think they're from another planet. I I do think they're uh, they come from a different dimension. We'll I, say, but they they would still be alien. But I want to say they're uh, from a different plane of existence. If that makes sense.
0: I completely agree with you on that, Duff. Man, I've heard a lot of conspiracy theories. Uh, I really got into the conspiracy theories after uh, Tools Lateralis. You ever listen to Tool?
1: Uh, a little bit.
0: The uh the last track on Lateralis, their third uh their their third well, it's actually let's see, uh EP was opiate, then undertow LP. Yeah, third one. Third LP Lateralus, last track was called Flat the Odd and it was a recording of a guy that had called this radio station in Arizona and he was obviously on the run like listen, I just got released from Air Fifty One, uh on medical release And what you guys think are aliens from other planets are not actually that. They're from another dimension, and the government can move us to places that are safe, but they're not. And like, it was an actual recording that actually really happened. And then when it
1: it was on the uh, the coast to coast AM and. Uh, the The creepy thing about that radio broadcast is they ended up losing the radio signal. They lost the d- radio when that guy signal. When they got the call, yep. And then yep. there was
0: like a, a, like uh, like forty more minutes of sig- of uh, recording before um, they weren't broadcasting, but they still kept recording, and they haven't had that. But the, the talking about the extra dimensional thing. Um, is – it it makes sense to me, and Tony, you're gonna laugh at me, but I love the idea of how the Flash, like when they talk about the Flash, he just vibrates at a different frequency as everybody, yeah, and uh, different dimensions. I can imagine are vibrating at a different frequency as what we're doing right now. I think it is. Uh, well, I mean, like Duff. I mean, do you obviously like what we might have encountered or seen so far it might have been extra dimensional? But do you feel like there's actual other aliens in the known universe that we know?
1: Um, uh... It is a possibility. I mean, like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty stern Christian. And something, like, I, I talked to my mom about when I was a little kid. And my mom said, you know, God made us. He could make other people, too. Which, you know, that resonated with me. Because, like, you know, there's a couple Twilight Zone episodes about that. So other people have had that idea. Um, the thing with the extra-dimensional, I mean, that would, you know, Dan Aykroyd actually talked about it on the the Joe Rogan podcast, too. I remember that. Um, was, he was talking about there's other planes of existence and obviously there's, there's gotta be something else because they've, you know, the the electronic voice phenomenon, which, you know, does happen. And it's, they, they can't explain some of it. So it's like, is those radio frequencies from, you know, from another dimension? Is it ghosts, which, you know, people that could have passed on, is it, you know, psych, uh, psychiatric energy? Like if someone was happy or negative, that just kind of got stuck in that area, kind of like a video or tape recording. Oh, it's very, oh, it's very interesting.
0: It is perfect. like the witch that trained me uh, when I got into college. She found me and she was talking to me about ghosts. And she was like, "Okay, so there's poltergeists. Well, they they want attention. They'll start fucking with shit in the room, and you know they they can't leave the place. But then you also have the phenomenon." where it's an old house in, like, Alabama, and at 10 p.m. every Friday or every day, a Civil War soldier opens a door that's no longer there, that walks up a set of stairs that's no longer there, and it disappears. Like, there's, there's a difference. There's something that's actually there fucking with you and wanting attention, but then there's the fact that there's, like, energy trapped in this perpetual loop. Like, that guy's gone and passed. It's just, for some reason, the energy is just Rerunning and rerunning and rerunning, like, 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 just like you said, like a tape recorder. Yep, any, <laughs> yeah. I mean, any anything else on that, man? Because, like, I, I love talking this sort of uh, supernatural. Thank you, Tony, by the way. I didn't know this about Duff no because it definitely wasn't in your uh, anything I researched, Sonia. Um, any uh, paranormal experiences?
1: No, oh, my house is haunted. <laughs> but uh you know there's a i've had a lot of like bizarre like you know uh, weird things have happened uh to myself my brothers you know it just you know things happen um like what but oh, like we've had stuff move you know i had just little weird things you know it, it's and like when i talk to other people about it you know they're like i want to see this area because like one of my neighbors said they had some weird stuff happening too um, so I mean, it could be my area where I live. Um, I do like research in, like haunted locations just to, to see like what type of haunting it could be. Um, I've researched cryptids, you know, I went to the, the Bigfoot museum up in Bailey, which is pretty cool. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of things that, that interest me. Um, <laughs> just a lot of, I, I, I like that type of stuff.
0: Man, I, I got really into that in uh, elementary school, man, because my dad, my dad was like, listen, summer. Uh, you got to write a book report on at least one book a week, and you can check out any other book you want. I don't care what it is. But the problem was is that I'd write a book report on Huckleberry Finn, which was really easy because I'm a good writer. I have been since I was a kid, but the library on base had a really extensive paranorm- paranormal area where they had actual dissertations by, uh, parapsychologists and, um, references to other books in the fiction area where it was like, I remember one particular book where they talked about the Mothman, Bigfoot, um, what else, aliens, um, the Mothman one really fucked me up, man. Really? Why is that? Because the idea that this guy was, like, this paranormal being would come and grab you and and just take you the, the way the like. The, Duff did you read like the scary stories tell in the dark
1: yes Remember all the, three books
0: remember the Wendigo story where it wasn't just the Wendigo because like uh, from what I understand the Wendigo is another word for Sasquatch uh, in like Canada but like their version of Wendigo was where it would drag you and it would burn your feet off
1: yeah scared the shit you know, out of me, like man. The, the the mothman my dad thought he saw one of those things up hunting uh, up around blackhawk uh, central city area years ago and I, like he, he described what this thing he saw him and his buddy so i showed him what this uh drawing someone had made of the mothman he's like that's what i think i saw oh wow that's
2: so, awesome uh what were your are you a you big hunter duffer?
1: Uh, yeah, I haven't gone in a little bit, but yeah, I, I, I do hunt from time to time.
0: Oh God. I can see why you like the Joe Rogan, man. Because like uh, he talks about hunting, getting that elk meat, man, aliens, Sasquatch, all that good shit, man. Oh, yeah. You haven't been hunting in a while. We're talking about aliens. Is it hard to uh, talk about that or even think about that, being a, a devoted Christian?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: How do you rationalize it? I mean, like, um, I remember one time someone asked me, and I'm not meaning disrespect, like, how would you feel if we colonized other planets? And then, like, the first thing that popped in my head was space Jesus. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And I'm like, because eventually, after a while, they're going to make up something about how Jesus came to Mars. And they're like, okay, shut up. <laughs> like, it's, 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 uh, it's no disrespect, I just, I, I, I want to know how Christians kind of, like, deal with that sort of thing, man, because it's not something in my will-will, well. and it's something I really respect, but what's going on in your mind when you when you see these sort of things, or, or, or hear or read? Well,
1: uh, as far as what, space colonization, or?
0: Oh, just in general, I mean, the, the fact that, like, you know, there's something a little bit, when it comes to... Being extraterrestrial or uh, a ghost that's haunting or a demon or a
1: poltergeist. Uh, how, how- well, I mean, uh, well, it goes with the 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 extra-dimensional beings. I mean, that that would classify as an angel or a demon. Because um, if you if you read the Old Testament, I mean, the cherub would look like an alien from what how people would describe it. Um, so you know, there, there's ways you can look through scripture where. You know, obviously that they do talk about spirits. You know, there there's a lot of things that you can point to and say, Well this could have happened like this. Or how, you know, someone from like two thousand or six thousand years ago, how would they describe what they saw? So you're, you know? you're
2: almost saying like it's almost like it's a, a different name to the same thing basically. Yes. Okay. I could, I could see what you mean by that.
0: I just appreciate being able to talk about that sort of thing with you, man. Um, it's it's definitely kind of a sensitive subject, but at the same time, I want to know more. Uh, I, I, I'm not a Christian. I was raised Catholic, but I don't not believe in what you guys believe in. I just kind of have a different spin on it.
1: Well, uh, you know, everyone does have that. I want to say they, they can put a different spin on it or, you know, have different beliefs on – some more things, you know, and everyone gets called to different ways in life. I mean, for me, like a lot of my faith is like, you know, creation shows there has to be a creator. And that, that's my take on that. It's just like, you know, I, I can't believe in the, the Big Bang. That, that just never made sense how you could get something from nothing. And, the, you know, if, if you look at a lot of the scientists' explanations, they just said, well, the, the protons and the neutrons. I'm like, well, where did those come from? And if you look at God as an uncreated being which is self-sufficient and infinite, i mean we, we really can't think about like what is infinity. it just you just have to it, for me, it's just you have to accept that there is a a greater being that's outside of our faith, our mind stuff, you know yeah,
2: it just sounds like the whole term, the whole thought process by faith, you know you can't really. You don't need to see it to believe it exists. You know, like the wind, for example.
1: Yeah.
0: Or when you, or you feel someone looking at you, or you watch the movie Event Horizon and they go into another dimension and it's literally hell. That movie scared the shit out of me.
1: Yeah, that, that was a that's an underrated horror movie. <laughs> I would almost put that movie on par with the, the Hellraiser franchise, just how it's described.
0: Hellraiser. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I apologize. You're good. No, just, just Hellraiser, of all the movies I watched with my mom, uh, who got me into everything, she, she protected me. She always made sure that because she, she's very Christian, very Catholic, and she's like, listen, this is just a movie. But the thing about Hellraiser was was that you couldn't get away from them. And it really personified hell where you got to see like a tiny glimpse of the torture that you were threatened with if you don't believe or if anything. But you just open the box and they're going to come and get you and there's nothing you can do about it. Like on this plane alone you can go to the next room or the next country and the Cenobites would find you. How did you how did you deal with a uh, uh, like in all, uh, uh just like I shared mine? How did you how did you deal with that as a Christian, like with Hellraiser, being a horror movie?
1: Um, well, it's I mean it definitely made me not want to go to hell. I mean <laughs> yeah. that's how I looked at it. like I didn't want to get tortured forever. But um, yeah, Hellraiser is not my favorite series, but like the you know from what Clive Barker was trying to get across with that movie is like. From what I gather is like you, there's these entities or beings that can you know, no matter how fast you run i mean it, it tends to be the same formula with a lot of the boogeymen, no matter how fast you run their their walk will be faster than your run um, but I want to say that the that genre is you know it it it's puts a little i want to say a, a more torturous aspect of hell um that and the event horizon i think are are pretty on par with the torturous parts
0: just seems kind of pointless to be tortured for forever uh i like the stories where people like do you ever see jacob's ladder
1: i I remember jacob's ladder i didn't see it all the way through though
0: yeah because it was terrifying (laughs) like it took me like three or four times to get uh tony you ever see jacob's ladder no, I didn't. That's Viet- one I need to put on the list. Shoot, Vietnam vet going through the, through the motions. Uh, another thing that really fucked. Did you see Hereditary? Duff?
1: No, I've heard of it. I have not seen Hereditary.
0: That one was a hard one. That was a like I love witch stories. Witch stories are my favorite ones. Um, I mean, you 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 obviously like the monsters, but witches are my favorite. And that movie, like God, like two nights of not sleeping. Like it just. Like my mind was just going too fast, like worrying about stray thoughts and and who in my life is trying to influence me to something I shouldn't be going to, and really put kind of things in a really dead halt perspective. And I, I and I gotta tell you, I really appreciate you sharing your Christian perspective on that, man. Because a lot of people um, in this day and age, it's it's uh, kind of black and white. When it comes to really anything, and I really appreciate you opening up and like sharing that sort of bit because that's not an easy thing.
2: Yeah, it's definitely not. Shoot.
1: Oh, you're welcome.
0: Uh, were you raised like, um, like Baptist? Um,
1: no, uh, Lutheran. And I still, I still go to a Lutheran church.
0: I I really miss church, to say the truth, man. Um, church. Uh, I would like to go to a uh, learn to be a good better person and have forgiveness every month but like catholicism was so doom and gloom for me man like it was just like you you go if you don't listen to me then you're gonna you're gonna die and go to hell but like i would hear my friends that were mormon or lutheran or uh methodist and like what the fuck are you guys doing there man (laughs) like like that our church is nothing like that what is going on there and i'm like i don't know man but like it's it's different, you know.
1: Well, L- Lutheran was the the first Protestant, you know, religion, you know, if you will. Um, he was the first one to, to successfully kind of force to reform the the Catholic Church. Martin Luther.
0: You guys uh, are, in my mind, from all the people I've encountered, because it's something I really concentrate on, are the most forgiving, other than the Mormons. You guys are ex- exceptionally structured, and your family structure is um, something I really kind of envy. No, oh. it's one of those things, man. It it happens, and uh, again, like I said, you know, we we tried to talk about wrestling, we got in some crazy shit.
1: No, well, we're good. We we could talk about whatever. Um, um, it's definitely been a super interesting conversation. So, shoot. Uh, that, that, there's a lot to the Absolutely. the enigma of Duff Doyle, so I mean, there, there's a lot to me.
2: Yeah, we I mean, gotta let people know that we can get ready for the presidency.
1: Uh, uh, no joke, man. I'm, no I'm, joke.
0: I'm voting for Duff.
1: <laughs> if you've had enough, just vote for Duff.
0: I want to see you come out Not as vote, Duff sir. Man, man. <laughs> Do some Duff Man, the 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 Ferris Bueller, bump bump. Oh yeah. yeah. Duff man is thrusting at the problem.
1: I don't know how much I don't
0: know how much you know about the Simpsons, man.
2: <laughs> just
0: some... if not, you can definitely look it up. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to send him that just so he knows the fuck I just slowed at him. And I'm sorry, Duff. I'm sorry. I don't know how much you about the Simpsons. Obviously, not too much. I apologize.
1: No, uh, you're, you're good. You're good.
0: some Duff was,
2: man. We all grew up at the same time, man. I'm sure Duff's definitely seen a couple episodes here or there.
1: Oh yeah,
0: All right, So, new era. So, new era is on pause right now, and uh, Tony and I have talked about it. And I really respect the on pause thing because there's a lot of different things going on here, where some feds are don't give a shit, and some are practicing as much social distancing as they can, still putting on shows, and some of them put on a bit of a uh, we're we're social distancing, but not really as long as no one's looking. Um, I like the fact that y'all put the put the halt on things, and I can't wait to. it to come back because like i said you guys are a breath of fresh air um what are you looking at like you've been on pause for so long what's in the wheel man? anything you can tease us with that you want to like you know come out like guns blazing
1: um well so we did a show at extreme a couple months back uh with no fans so i mean this is before you know so we're hoping to get some of that stuff worked out and aired here soon um, there might be some more of that. I mean, with training, I, I do check temperatures with everybody. We we really sanitize the ring before and after training. Um, if guys aren't feeling well, you know, there there has been a couple of guys that have gotten that COVID and they, they've all recovered. Um, the, you know, I, I, I want to say there's a good chance everybody is going to catch it eventually down the road. But um, I want to say we're doing what we can to be as clean and as safe as possible.
0: Oh, I know you are, man. I'm, uh, just, I'm just talking about, like, any ideas that once uh, lockdown's over, we can safely be around each other. A lot of people are saying, like, it'll never be the same. It's going to be the same eventually. Like, you can't hold humans back that long. And eventually we'll have some good herd mortality uh, and... Um, enough of us with the vaccine uh anything uh, on the wheel well that you're thinking of like premiering that you can give us like a preview of the the future um
1: i want to say i want to say a a lot of the guys i'm training i think should be making a debut you know i'll run by tony there and then uh see if they're good enough to be put on shows in front of a a live audience i mean i think they are but you know (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we
2: definitely, I definitely wouldn't mind, you know, I definitely think one of the new things I would love to add is some new blood to the roster, you know, kind of get some young hungry lions in there and, you know, see what they can do. You know, I'm, like I said, I, I helped out with Carlos before I left to go back to school. But I think that kid's got all the potential in the world. He's got a great personality. I think he had one match at that at the quarantine extreme show and, you know, I definitely wouldn't mind using him, Roland Boogie, another kid that you know, for, he's, he's a smaller dude, but he, you can definitely tell his heart's in the right place. Yeah. And, you know, he, he's another guy, I wouldn't mind giving a shot to see how see how he works out long term. I appreciate Looking the
0: guys. I appreciate the guys with their heart in the right spot. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the best, you know,
2: one of the big things about, you know, training is you got to, you know, you got to trust the guys as people not just not just guys that show up every month and give you money but that's you know that doesn't get anybody anywhere long term in my opinion you know I'm sure Jeff agrees with that
1: no i agree it it's you know if you want to make it you know there there's nothing wrong if you you see this as a hobby or something you want to do for fun, but if you're trying to make it or at least get as far as you can, you know, you you have to be dedicated. You have to train and your heart has to be in it because as soon as you're not having fun anymore, you got to get out of the industry. Um, because it's just going to end up bringing other people down around you. Um, I I try to help people that ask for help as you know, what to put on a resume, how to approach bigger promotions. Um, Things to say, things not to say, how you should act, you, you know, that that's all stuff that a lot of people don't care about their guys so much. Yeah. They, they just, you know, they, they kind of see dollar signs or they'll see, you know, a little bit of potential here. But, like, I, I really try to, if guys want to advance, you know, granted me COVID messed up a lot of things. I was planning on doing more extra work with WWE, last year but covid definitely put a damper on that um wh- which was really upsetting you know and I, I think about a lot of the athletes in that predicament too you know i i could tell about my personal experiences but i mean they canceled the olympics right. um imagine training your whole life and you're getting ready to go down to japan uh, for whichever country you are with and they cancel it and your best this year might not be your best the next time the olympics are there so, I mean, it's really, it's hard for people that are young and trying to go. I mean, I, I'm 36 years old and a, a lot of, you know, the cutoff used to be around 33, but now they, they've they upped it um, for a couple guys. And like something William Regal had told me, um, if you have something to offer the company, they'll have a spot for you. Because, like, the age came up because there was a couple guys that were getting close to that the cutoff, you know, that originally, from what they told us was, um, they started, you know... I, I did more stuff with them in my 30s than I did in my 20s. So, I mean, it's it's possible.
0: What about for newer, man? Like, uh, give us some more, like, any anything that you can think of that you're looking to integrate once we can get together. Like...
2: We're bringing balloons. There's going to be plenty of balloons for everybody.
1: <laughs> Balloon streamers. <laughs> it'll be a big party.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: I mean, That's we we want to obviously we want to make sure like everything is good, um, and safe for everybody. What, which which is a challenge, you know. Like I see it daily. Like it, it's so hard because like, do we want to have people wear masks? Will there still be masks when New Era opens back up? I mean, it's really it, it's hard. But I I do plan on seeing, you know, trying to make it the biggest show we've ever had.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Like I said, man, bringing, you know, new faces, you know, change some things around, maybe, you know, debut some new tag teams. You know, we were just starting to get our women's division off the ground finally. And that had been kind of – we'd been approached several times about that. You know, there's all kinds of stuff, you know, that were in the works, that will continue to be in the works, and there's definitely – you know, some new faces that you brought up, but there's definitely a lot of things I've definitely changed just to kind of for freshness sake. And the fact that, you know, we are walking out there with a clean slate. You know, at this point, we've been on hiatus for about nine months now. You know, so I mean, you know, storylines, things that were going on behind the scenes, you know, we'll get, we're going to gain some talent. We're probably going to lose some talent. You know, just it is what it is. Well, but I mean, the- and be fresh, you know.
1: There was a a lot of promotion struggling all around the world. And, you know, what's really sad is a lot of guys might not wrestle ever again because it's, you know, they're getting at that age. It's like, is it worth going back to? Do they want to do other things in their life? I mean, it's a long time to take time off. You know, I'm still training for it, but it's really hard to uh, gauge this and uh, to be lucrative, especially on the independent scene you know
0: well just to wind down man uh how are you coping with it man how did you uh initially you know get your bearings back together because we all had a really bad shock from it
1: i mean uh <laughs> Duff oil uh never stopped training but um you, you had to get creative with your trainings i mean all the gyms were shut down but, I mean, you could still go outside. You could still do push-ups. I mean, you could still study tapes. Um, you know, there, there's ways you could cut promos. I mean, COVID never stopped anyone from doing promos. Um, so you could try and explore that way. Um, it, it's just different. I mean, it, it, a lot of wrestling is a lot of – there's a lot of character development. Um, uh, obviously you have to be physical with the stuff, which I'm sure when uh, things open back up, there's going to be a lot of people getting strained injuries from not taking bumps or doing maneuvers they haven't done in months. But um, uh, you have to look at like the wrestling part as also entertaining in a different aspect other than just the physicality of it.
0: Man, well, we certainly appreciate you just opening up like this, man. This has been a really good eye-opening conversation, man. We love you being on minefields. We love you just being duff. Uh, I'm sure Tony loves you for a lot of other reasons we can't talk about on, on recording. Uh, sure. So, <laughs> yeah. sorry, sorry, Tony. You introduced me to those British girls in Vegas at one
1: time. Uh, yeah, that was, a, that was years uh, ago, outside then. the stratosphere, I believe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it happened in a different dimension, so it's okay
1: yeah <laughs> yeah no there's a not for for everyone that, that is listening to this podcast i mean if if your heart is in the industry yeah you know, just keep moving forward with it um you'll end up meeting people that are wanting to just be mean and you have to understand uh the difference between constructive criticism versus blatant negativity uh, If if people want to like ask me my advice on stuff i mean I'm, my door is always open i mean it's it's really well, i don't shut out too many people i mean if they're if they're willing if they want to know something i can help them to the best of my ability
0: well duffman we appreciate you being on the show how do we find you on uh, facebook on social media
1: uh Duff Doyle 2000 on facebook and Duff Doyle on instagram
0: what about your only fans how do
1: we find you there uh, there is not <laughs> there is not i didn't even know what that was until i saw a meme i was like what is this he, he only
0: does cosplay guys he really <laughs> cosplay, yes. it's good cosplay worth ten dollars now we're good yeah, yeah. Duff, man, uh we certainly appreciate you uh i appreciate my partner one of my new best friends mr tony morales You were on the Minefields podcast. Don't hang up. This transmission is ending and this is dangerous. This transmission is over.